This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Join the conversation and message Buck on Facebook, Instagram, or email teambuck at iheartmedia.com. He may read it on the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Buck Sexton Show. There is much to discuss today. I was uh, unsurprised to see that there's now additional reporting on the NSA spying on Tucker situation which I asked former President Trump about last week, and he said, yeah, I think that's probably happening, probably. So now we have more information. Uh, Axio is publishing something on it. We'll dive into that in just a moment. But in case you were wondering, there is a lot of good reason uh, to be concerned about how big tech and even government surveillance is making sure that you have no privacy online. All right. That's why I want you to have this company called Secure to protect your online data. Secure, spelled S-E-K-U-R, is perfect for professionals like accountants, tax consultants and real estate agents who send sensitive financial information. Anyone working with sensitive material or anyone needing privacy needs Secure. They never mine your information like big tech. They are security and privacy focused with instant messaging and email platforms located in Switzerland, the country where the world's strictest data privacy laws are applied and secures held by privacy advocates globally with the assurance that their data is kept truly safe by proprietary military grade encryption methods. Your data belongs to you and should be yours alone. Experience the ultimate comfort of mind in your business and personal life by knowing that your privacy is not in jeopardy from the prying hands of hackers or big tech. Go to secure.com, that's S-E-K-U-R.com, and use the coupon code BUCK for one week free and 25% off. Be sure and use coupon code BUCK, secure, that's S-E-K-U-R, secure.com, regain your privacy. So here's the NSA situation with with Tucker and, and Axios. Uh, he said on his show very prominently uh, that he thought the NSA was spying on him. All right. I mean, this is pretty straightforward and that, that he has real uh, a whistleblower who had real proof and that this wasn't just some assumption. This wasn't just some hair standing up on the back of his neck that he was very convinced the NSA had intercepted his communications and was was spying on him. So. A lot of people initially came out and said, uh, when I say a lot of people, blue check libs and some never Trumpers came out saying, oh, Tucker's crazy. And the the usual suspects saying stuff like that. Well, now it turns out that according to Axios, there's plenty of reason to believe that this happened. Tucker Carlson had been talking to intermediaries to try to get an interview with Vladimir Putin, which is actually really uh, interesting when you think about it. Uh, it's actually something that I would have really enjoyed to see. I, I would be so curious to watch a Tucker Putin sit, uh, sit down. And I think we are being led to believe that Russia is so terrifying all the time in this country because Democrats need a boogeyman and they tied it into Trump that there's very little actually knowledge or information that's in the media about what's really happening in Russia and what the situation of that country is. Anyway, Tucker Uh, had reached out, was trying to schedule this interview, kept it very quiet. And it turns out that government sources have now told um, Axios, Jonathan Swan at Axios, that this is what happened, that that they did know 
that communications were uh, that, that they're let's just say I'm trying to be very cautious about what we know versus what we think here. And it's not that easy here. Let me tell you this. I can tell you what I think happened. Someone within the NSA got access to a conversation involving Putin talking to a prominent U.S. or sorry, a conversation with Putin intermediaries talking to a prominent U.S. based uh, journalist. And then that person was. They thought, I'm sure, someone from Fox and they figured, well, let's see who it is. And there was an unmasking request and they saw it was Tucker Carlson. And then maybe for some reason in the exchange or in the communication, there was something they thought would be harmful to Tucker's reputation. I don't know. And then there was a move to start to spread this information around the top levels of the intelligence community and the Biden administration. I mean, not to everybody, but to a handful of people. And it made its way out into the pre-publication phase where the press was going to to handle it because it got to Axios. It got to Jonathan Swan. So there was clearly somebody willing to talk about this. And that's terrifying when you think about it, this whole situation. You know, we're supposed to believe that we as American citizens have real rights and protection from the incredibly uh, fearsome spying powers of particularly the NSA. We live in electronic communications based world. And if the government can decide that it's going to go after people, if the government can decide that it's going to leak the contents of your conversations, I mean, what's next? You know, if you have a, a spouse and you're on a, you know, you're on a business trip and maybe you're talking a little you know, dirty to each other or maybe even using some FaceTime can the government decide that you're a problem and they're going to just put that out there for the uh, the press to post on the Internet? I mean, I know that that stuff sounds crazy, perhaps even still to many people, but Carter Page was the target of FISA warrants. Anyone who spent five minutes, five seconds talking to Carter Page would say, you've got to be kidding. You think this guy's a national security threat? I mean, the guy should be like the leader at band camp. But they thought that he was part of some Russia conspiracy to throw the election to Donald Trump in 2016. Supposedly serious people in the FBI believe this. These people are morons and they're also morally decrepit. And they got away with it. They set a standard here where they could engage in this kind of behavior. They could do the kind of deep state behind the scenes coup effort that you would read about in a novel and say, oh, I don't think that's really possible. But they they tried this against Donald Trump and they did not suffer consequences. And I'm here to tell people that it also was largely successful. It was largely that it wasn't entirely, but it was largely successful. Um, insofar as that it was a constant agitation for the Trump administration it created a special counsel investigation. The special counsel was then used to grind down Trump and his top aides and people around him. All this stuff was completely outrageous. The media went along with the whole thing. The media was orchestrating much of it. And now we have a Biden administration that we believe might have had people at a, at a very senior level unmask a U.S. based journalist in NSA intercepts. And then have that information start to spread around a bit. And what's next? They're talking about you and me, friends. 
as though we are unindicted co-conspirators of the January 6th, 6th insurrection. That is the attitude of the people that are pushing this stuff on CNN and MSNBC every day. That's what the New York Times editorial board thinks of you. That you are a clear and present danger to the functioning of the United States government, to our democracy. There was an NPR poll earlier this week that two out of three people think that our democracy is under threat. You notice a trend here, don't you? The stoking of hysteria and then the usage of that hysteria for political mobilization and control and the weaponization of it against those who dissent. You're not allowed to say, why are we having to do these lockdowns? You're not allowed to say, hold on a second. Did Joe Biden really win this many votes in these places just enough so that he won the election? You're not allowed. And not only will they shut you down, they will then punish you for it after the fact. When you have a government like like the one that we see right now with this Biden administration that's constantly referring to people that oppose them politically, their fellow Americans, as effectively traitors. I mean, that's what an an insurrection would be an act of force to overthrow a government. It would be treason to do this. It would be effectively making war against the United States government from within. And they don't say this occasionally. They were celebrating the six-month anniversary of it yesterday. Well, how about the eight-month? How about the 10-month? I mean, now we're doing six-month anniversaries for news events? And we're supposed to take that seriously? Are these two-year-olds? Are they two-and-a-half years old? Two-and-three-quarters years old? Now, these are major news organizations. This is the heart of the Democrat Party, and this is how they speak about these things. And this brings me to the Lego phenomenon. The FBI seized a Lego set um, of the Capitol building from someone they believe is an alleged leader of the insurrection. Oh, the insurrection. It's so terrifying. Uh, You've got to be kidding me. Court documents obtained by Smoking Gun report the FBI confiscated a fully constructed U.S. Capitol Lego set from Pennsylvania man Robert Moore's who was indicted last month for his role in the Capitol riot. They're confiscating Legos and acting like that's part of the evidence necessary to convict somebody of insurrection against the United States government. It was an unruly mob. It was stupid what they did that day. It was not an insurrection. They didn't fire a shot. They were unarmed. Unless you want to believe that QAnon Shaman's spear was a serious and mortal threat to the functioning of the United States government. Man, he better he he must be really skilled with that spear. Give me a break. These people are are they're they're absurd, but they're also serious. These Democrats are terrifying. They're pulling they're having their their shock troops in the FBI I mean, the FBI. And I'm just going to say the intelligence community, which I come from, have been so undermined and honestly so polluted by these authoritarian leftists who have seized control that they're no longer to be trusted by 
Americans acting and thinking in good faith. Can't trust them. And I know there are probably some very good FBI agents and maybe even some good intel community people. I mean, other intel community people. FBI is like, we're intel community. But you know, I, I understand that there are good people listening to this. And I worked at the CIA. So am I a deep state stew? Well, I left. And there are reasons why I left. Perhaps I can elaborate more on another time. Oh, OK. How about this? I'll tell you. One of the reasons I left the CIA was because there were um, bureaucratic morons uh, who not only were in charge of the place, but really thought that their primary mission in life was to harass good CIA officers who were trying to do their jobs with just the, the minutia of, you know, the internal security crap. I mean, that, that's you. The, the bureaucracy there is mind blowingly stupid and lethargic. And it's a lean and mean part of the federal government overall. And I just don't want to deal with it anymore. I didn't want some buffoon with a 95 IQ to be able to go through everything in my life on a whim to look to see if maybe, uh, oh, are you are you giving something to, you know, this this country or that country? Or, you know, you know, I just want to tell these people, go, go blank yourself, you loser. You know, I'm, I'm here to I'm here to fight Al Qaeda. You think I think I'm here because uh, and they don't, by the way, they don't really believe that the people that are doing that. It's just a power trip. It's just a power trip. You know, it's like an overzealous customs officer who's asking a 12 year old, what's in your bag? Do you have drugs in your bag or something? You know, I mean, I know I know that cartels do use kids to move drugs sometimes. So I think maybe that's even an unfair comparison. But you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, you know, government officials on a power trip. We don't learn enough about authoritarianism and totalitarianism in this country. We really don't. It's not taught in schools because the people that should be teaching it and the people that are in charge of the curriculums have sympathy for the Soviets. They think that socialism is the future. Still, they, they believe this. They ignore the last hundred years of what's actually gone on in the world and the hundreds of millions, perhaps even billions, you could argue, that have been enslaved, immiserated, or murdered by authoritarian, socialist, utopian governments. They just pretend that that didn't happen and there's some better future we're going to go to. Also, this usually is tied in with not believing there's an afterlife or there's a God. And so they have to believe at some existential level, they have to believe that it's possible to create heaven here on Earth. And the way to do it is to put a committee of elites in charge of every major decision and move all freedom out of your hands into the hands of a revolutionary elite. That starts to sound a bit like communism, doesn't it? You just add equality or equity into the equation and should send a chill down your spine. But we don't learn about this in school. No, no, we, we, we learned that the great evil of the 20th century was Nazism, which, of course, is true. It's one of the great one of the great evils of the 20th century. And they teach you that it's right wing in schools, too, that the national socialists were, you know, like uh, Mises reading libertarian conservatives or something. I mean, it's com- it's completely absurd it's ahistorical it's garbage but this is what they teach people so because of all the ignorance out there about how these systems work and how they function they're able to get away with continuing to push for authoritarian collectivism even here in america that's what's really going on they want to be in charge of everything and you stand in their way they're not happy with the power they have 
They're not happy that Joe Biden is president and the Democrats have a de facto majority in the Senate and a, and a slight majority in the House. And that they have the social media companies completely doing their bidding and it's disgusting and pathetic. And those companies, the people that are making decisions there should be ashamed, ashamed of being such enemies of freedom and free speech. But no, they're they're rich and it doesn't matter. And they live these very walled off, safe, comfortable, privileged lives. And so the rest of us get shut down. You know, there's. For for so many reasons, I, I really you know what? I'll come back here. Let, let's take it to the social media companies, actually, for a moment. I think that's a good place to transition. Before I dive into uh, big tech and how it's a constant pain in the you know what? I, I did want to talk to you a bit about how you can make money trading because I'm doing this every day and I'm getting updates in real time from my friends at Carnivore Trading, because here's the thing. All these big Wall Street institutions, they want you to believe that just a few measly percent is a good return on stocks, but it's just not. They also want you to think that you could never do your own trading. And so you need to have a financial advisor. You know, you're you're like you're like uh, Britney Spears. You got to have somebody else making all the decisions for you. That's what Wall Street wants people to think. It's not true. It's not right. That's where carnivore trading comes in. Carnivore trading is allowing everyday folks to crush it with their own money trading in the markets, even when things are a little bit choppy or tough. Carnivore trading is an anonymous team of elite strategists. There are legends among Wall Street heavy hitters, and they've gone a little bit rogue. For the first time, they are inviting everyday folks like you and me to see and mirror their explosive trades. Carnivore, in fact, will let you see the trades they're making right now for two weeks totally free. Go to getourtrades.com. And use promo code BUCK for two free weeks. If you join, you'll get Carnivore's industry-leading promise. You'll generate three times your fees after your annual paid subscription, or you'll get a 100% refund. Go to GetOurTrades.com. Make sure you use promo code BUCK when you go to that website. Again, the website is GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. And you'll see it's so easy because they just send you. They actually will send you text messages to your phone saying we're going in on XYZ. Here's the position size. Here's the target. You follow them. See if see if it works. See if it makes money. You can try it for two weeks for free. GetOurTrades.com. Promo code BUCK. See website for guaranteed terms and conditions. Past performance. Not a guarantee of future earnings. Today, in conjunction with the America First Policy Institute, I'm filing... As the lead class representative, a major class action lawsuit against the big tech giants, including Facebook, Google and Twitter, as well as their CEOs, Mark Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai and Jack Dorsey. Three real nice guys. I got to say, Trump, what was it? Sundar Pichai. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the Trumpster. I miss him. I miss him. You know, it was it was a more it was a more fun news cycle, more interesting, more uh, more dynamic with Trump in the mix and obviously a better country with Trump calling the shots instead of Joe Biden. But here's here's where we are on this on this big tech lawsuit. Um, this is a fight we need to wage, even if you're somebody who, you, you know, you, you, I had to struggle to get you to even 
start downloading podcasts because you're not a, a tech guy or gal. This is something that for the future of the country, we we have to engage in. We have to have this fight. Um, and, and I'm glad that the president and, and others are, are at least bringing attention to it. I'm not particularly hopeful that this is going to work out the way that we want it to. I'm not particularly hopeful that they will end up uh, winning this fight just because big tech has armies of lawyers and they have resources. I mean, they, they could take this to court and pay for the next 20 years and it wouldn't even affect their bottom line. They don't care. That's how rich Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google and YouTube, which is all part of the same um, and Facebook and these. That's how much money they have. Right. Amazon, these kinds of companies. Now, Amazon's in a slightly different category, but it still does. It's one of the biggest search engines on the Internet. People forget that. And so it, it has a tremendous amount of power, and especially in the realm of books and ebooks, It does have real control of information. And then there's Amazon Web Services, AWS, which, as we saw from the parlor fiasco, can just shut you down, can just decide that uh, you're done. And all of a sudden you have no access to basic Internet architecture and there's no company there that's acting as a public utility where you can get hooked up and set up again. It's pure political targeting. If we allow this to continue over the long run, we cannot win the political fight in this country. It will just become too much. It's too difficult to get your information and get your message out there when the most uh, serious platforms are actively suppressing you, are actively preventing you from, from being able to share what you want to share. Here's uh, Alan Dershowitz from Harvard talking about Harvard Law School, talking about this case and what he sees in it. Play five. The First Amendment doesn't only protect the speaker, Donald Trump. It protects you and me, the listener, the viewer. And what's happening now is big tech is depriving us, the American citizens, of the right to hear and see information because if it's banned from the social media, we have no access to it. And that's why this is such an important case involving every citizen. And it's not only President Trump's been banned. I've been banned. I had a debate with Bobby Kennedy. Here you have two liberal Democrats debating. I debated in favor of more vigorous vaccination. He was more skeptical of vaccination. They took down the debate. They didn't like what he said, so they took down the debate. And they deprived the American public of the right to see a very thoughtful educational debate. And they're doing it more and more. And if they're not stopped, this will be the end of freedom of speech as we know it, because these companies now control the marketplace of ideas. It's absolutely true. They do control the marketplace of ideas. And if we don't establish rules of the road here, I mean, it would be like in the you know early you know 1900s, let's say, having one side have control of all of the all of the printing presses and then say, well, OK, let's have an election. We, we control what what the printing, what actual printing presses can put out there. All of them. We control all the newspapers. We control all the pamphlets. But yeah, sure. Let's have an election. Oh, what? Too, too bad for you. You you can't have. Now, I know you'd say, well, Buck, you'd build your own printing press. The problem is here. This is more like other issues of monopoly, like a railroad. There, there's not there's not the same ability to get market share because of the way these uh, big Internet companies operate and the collusion they engage in. That's the other part of this, too. They're colluding because they're run by a bunch of libs. 
So behind the scenes, they'll make some determination and then they'll all act on it at the same time, some political designation. And this just this is something we have to do. We have to take this uh, have to take this fight to the other side. So do I think that there will be there will be success in this lawsuit? I don't know. But do we have to file the lawsuit anyway? Absolutely. Now, CRT, if you've been listening uh, in recent weeks, well, not just to the show, but if you've been following this in the media, uh, critical race theory, the argument has shifted very rapidly from there is no CRT in schools to how dare you want to get rid of CRT in schools? It's essential. It's so important. It's just history. It's just history. So they said there it didn't exist. And now they're saying it's essential and they're redefining what it is. And when they're not doing that, the left, which is so dishonest. And remember, if the left ceased to lie, the left would cease to exist. So what they've done here is they've they've switched things around. So now they're saying, well, of course we have CRT. Of course we do this. And beyond that, they will make sure they'll do everything in their power to uh, obfuscate the issue, to make things harder to understand. And just in terms of what is the language we're using about CRT, is that really CRT? Is it something else? They play word games. They act like it's not really CRT. They're just hiding, hiding the football all the time, all the time. So we can't actually deal with this. Among the very worst little propagandists of the institutional left is Randy Weingarten of the American Federation of Teachers, um, because this is a a thuggish Democrat union that doesn't care about kids, pretends to care about kids, hides behind kids when it wants to get something, when it wants more money, more benefits, more pay for the teachers. You know, uh, there should be no such thing. Let's just be clear about this. There should be no such thing as public sector teachers unions period all right it's not a dangerous enough job they're they're not firefighters they're not cops we don't need we don't need public sector employees who are teaching to be unionized but it's a it's a critical power base for the democrats so that's why it's allowed this helps the democrats stay in power so that's why there are all these uh, that's why there's so much support for it and they have you know mandatory dues in places here's randy weingarten who's who's now making the latest argument for CRT in the classroom. Play six. Critical race theory is not taught in elementary schools or middle schools or high schools. It's a method of examination taught in law school and in college that helps analyze whether systemic racism exists and in particular whether it has an effect on law and public policy. But culture warriors are labeling any discussion of race, racism, or discrimination as CRT to try to make it toxic. They are bullying teachers and trying to stop us from teaching students accurate history. What a grotesque little liar trying to stop the teaching of history. I can tell you this much. If you ask a if you ask your average high school kid 
uh, you know, what was what was the uh, the focal point of the Civil War? Or tell, tell me about the history of slavery in America. They'll be able to tell you something about it for sure. They'll, they'll have knowledge of it. They'll know about it. If you ask the same high school kid, what is the what is the rough body count of uh, totalitarian regimes in places like the Soviet Union and uh, Cambodia and China? Uh, they have no idea. I mean, not, not even within, you know, not even within a couple of zeros worth of the actual number in any of those places. And you'd say, oh, Buck, one thing happened in America. These are overseas. Yeah, but these are global ideological movements and they've been imported into America and they're trying to institute some of it here. I think it matters a whole heck of a lot. But see, here's here's the point. They're pretending that by telling kids, by by opposing the instruction of children uh, such that they believe that if they're white, they're oppressors. And if they're black or, or Native American or Hispanic, they're oppressed. We're opposing the teaching of history. I mean, notice what she does here. Now, this is the same person, Randy Weingarten, who was so dishonest about the school shutdowns, making sure the Biden administration knew. I mean, they were, you know, the, the teachers unions, which are essential for Democrat donations, as well as get out the vote efforts and the indoctrination of children to turn them into Democrats as they get older, which is in some ways the most awful of all the stuff they do. But when, when you look at how the whole uh, school shutdown thing happened, the teachers unions were always trying to come up with a way to explain how they shouldn't have to go back into the classrooms. They wanted to be able to Zoom teach from home, get their full pay and benefits. And sorry, if kids have to if eight year olds have to wear a mask and be in, you know, plastic containers and be separated from each other and all this stupidity, all this pure crap. If that's what had to happen, teachers unions, as long as it benefited the adults, that's what they wanted. And it didn't matter that kids were suffering. They didn't care about the suffering kids. Which uh, then brings me to uh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, you've missed him. He hasn't been on TV as much as he used to be. He hasn't been there. He hasn't been every five minutes on MSNBC. You know, I I really I'm tired of being a superhero who all Democrats worship as like their grandpa slash personal physician who is also a science genius along the lines of Isaac Newton or Louis Pasteur or one of them. Here he is on vaccine hesitancy. Play four. This is not complicated. We're not asking anybody to make any political statement one way or another. We're saying try and save your life and that of your family and that of the community. It's, you know, we have so many things, as you said, so many diseases that I deal with that don't have solutions. It's very frustrating. You don't have a treatment or you don't have a vaccine. Here we have a vaccine that's highly, highly effective in preventing disease and certainly in preventing severe disease and hospitalization. It's easy to get, it's free, and it's readily available. So, you know, you've got to ask, what is the problem? Get over it. Get over this political statement. Just get over it and try and save the lives of yourself and your family. 
It's actually not a political statement, you little fascist. Some people just don't want to get the vaccine. I had COVID. I don't want to get the vaccine. Because I've read enough of the history of vaccines and the reality of this one and immunity that is derived from actual infection that I don't think that it's worth the side effects for me as somebody who had a confirmed case of COVID and beat it. It's supposed to create antibodies. I have antibodies. And I may have them for life. I certainly have them for a long time. As long as, why would, why would we think, prove to me the vaccine gives you longer lasting, more effective immunity than naturally derived immunity. And then I'll have a different attitude on this. But they can't prove that because they don't know that because it's probably not the case. But now it's all, oh, let's just have more, more nagging, more lectures. You know, why don't you just do this or that as I tell you to? You know, I'm very frustrated. I have not been on TV 10 times a day, only five times a day. And that's not enough for the Fouch. This guy's the worst, the worst bureaucrat in the history of the United States government. I think you could say the most destructive, uh, the, the one who's the, the most annoying, the most wrong. It's, it's it's appalling what this guy's put the country through. Why do we even know his name? I mean, at least it should be by committee from the NIH and the CDC. You know, they put out statements and we should hear from the politicians. We can hold accountable. How did think about this? Fauci became the face and the voice of pandemic response in America. This guy's not impressive. This guy does not have a good track record. But you had Democrat politicians who had Fauci pillows in the background when they were doing TV hits like Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan. He became a a a symbol of science. Do you believe the science? Yes, because I have I have so much love and respect for Dr. Fauci. It's absurd. You know it and I know it. And now we're at the at the Delta variant as soon as and, and they're already talking. I'm being serious. They're already talking about the Lambda variant. Yeah, there's going to be variants. COVID's going to be around for a long time. We're not, it's not getting eradicated anytime soon. We want to live our lives. We don't want to wear masks. We don't want to do this crap anymore. People have all had plenty of opportunity to get vaccinated. If they don't get vaccinated by choice, that is their choice. And they can individually deal with the consequences because everybody else who wants to get vaccinated has gotten vaccinated. So, so, you know, in this country, that's where we are. So we don't have to have this thing. Oh, and then people say, oh, but, you know, the only way that we'll ever eradicate it totally is if we get 100 percent. It's not going to happen. You're not you're not going to get 100 percent vaccination in this country. It's not going to happen. You know, a lot of people ask me uh, about Dr. Fauci. I like Dr. Fauci. I actually get along with him great. But they said, why didn't you fire him? I said, no, he was good. He'd recommend something. I do the opposite. And we always turned out to be right. <laughs> Sir, don't close the borders to China. We closed them very early. Get no credit for anything, but these are minor details. You know, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Trump's in many ways. And uh, if he decides to run again, I'm going to be I'm going to be pushing for him to 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 win. Um, but I'm, I'm and I know that he did do some things Fauci said not to. But he did a lot of things that Fauci told him to as well. And he should have fired Fauci or he should have sidelined him. But I get it. You know, it's it's there's a little bit of Monday morning quarterbacking going on there. I understand. But, you know, the the 
symbolism of masking and compliance based in hysteria and fear instead of science and then calling it science. That was like the gateway drug for all the lockdowns. That's why I hated the masks the whole time. And, you know, Trump and the Trump team that they should have. I really believe they should have fought harder to at least create more space for debate over these things. And, you know, to this day, we still don't we still don't have a really clear sense of whether ivermectin in any capacity can work. We didn't get a final sense of what the truth of the uh, hydroxychloroquine issue was. Yeah, we've been told, oh, no, it doesn't work. But okay, show me this. Show me some of the studies again. The public should be able you should be able to find this stuff easily and look at real data from controlled studies and come to come to real conclusions about this. So I, I do think it's a little bit of revisionist history to pretend that uh, Trump was always doing his own thing and not listening to Fauci. I think, if anything, there was too much Fauci listening going on. I think there was too much Fauci listening. I, I really do. So um, and then there's the uh, door to door vaccination teams. I thought this was so interesting. HHS Secretary Becerra talking about this. Play 10. Perhaps uh, we should point out that the federal government has had to spend trillions of dollars to try to keep Americans alive during this pandemic. So it is absolutely the government's business. It is taxpayers' business if we have to continue to spend money to try to keep people from contracting COVID and helping reopen the economy. And so it is our business to try to make sure Americans can prosper, Americans can freely associate. And knocking on a door has never been against the law. You don't have to answer, but we hope you do because... Because if you haven't been vaccinated, we can help help dispel some of those rumors that you've heard and hopefully get you vaccinated. Federal government has spent trillions of dollars to keep Americans alive. So there's no end to the harassment the government can engage in. And I think that that is honestly so important. And I've been saying this to you. There are limits to how much the government can do to protect you. There is no limit to how much the government can harass you. And, and this is why this this door to door vaccination program. I mean, how do they think this really works? Someone who I mean, where are they finding people that all of a sudden might say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to get I haven't gotten vaccinated. I'm going to get vaccinated now. And remember, they're, they're not just talking to people who are if they were only focused, only focused at this point on vaccinating everybody 65 and over, because if you look at any of the mortality data, you'll see. It's I'm sorry, I, I, you can't you can't convince anybody who's looking at that data that we are in a place where this is more dangerous than the flu right now, given vaccination levels for people under 65. So if they were focusing only on those who were at more substantial risk, I would say, I mean, all right, I, I but they want 12 year olds. They want little kids to get vaccinated because they're people who are such anxious cowards. They go through life just, oh, my gosh, the government needs to protect me. And why won't you listen? And Dr. Fauci says you have to get vaccinated. And, uh, you know, they'll make they'll, they'll stick a needle in the arm of an eight year old who's at no risk from this thing and make them get it because it makes them feel better. They're, I mean, these are adults who are scared and they're putting kids through this and they're going to mask up kids in schools this fall. I'm telling you, they're going to do it. I know some of you are tired of me uh, on this one topic because it's been so. I've been so fired up about it for a year now, over a year. I've been ever since really May. I've just been saying this is crazy. Last May, 2020 May. But 
this is not over. This is not over. And the little totalitarians in the health bureaucracy haven't given up yet. And they want to use this power for other things as well. They want to expand their ability to harass and annoy you. All right. I've been saying I will talk about Afghanistan a little bit. And and I'll just I want to point this out. Um, Afghanistan. The the Taliban is going to be running that country by the end of the year. And this is going to be a very hard thing for us to to deal with and think about. And this is going to be a a real challenge, I think, for the American psyche, because we've spent 20 years there. We lost many of our of our bravest and uh, with soldiers who were fighting in that country, uh, members of the armed forces, men and women who were trying to build a foreign country. That's really what the Afghanistan mission turned. Let's build a nation for the people there. And we showed up to take out terrorists who planned and plotted and executed 9-11. And we ended up staying to try to make Afghanistan a a durable, self-sustaining democracy of some sorts. And the place, it just just wasn't going to work. I've known it wasn't going to work since I was there 10 years ago. I was in Afghanistan 10 years ago, and I thought we should have left then. The Obama administration doubled down on Afghanistan, dramatically expanded the troop numbers there, and then contracted them, uh, which was in many ways, I mean, this was like the worst possible idea because now you're just increasing your investment knowing that you're going to get out of it in an artificial way. So that was never going to be intelligent. That was never an intelligent approach. Uh, But you're already seeing in a Bagram Air Base and these other places that have been handed over that there are people who are. um, They're seeing that this is the the downfall of Afghanistan is uh, is a likely situation. Now, what will it mean if, in fact, I see this the way that it, it turns out to be, which is that the Taliban ends up they may establish some power sharing agreement for a while with the government in Kabul. You know, they, they might want to really solidify their control in, in what they already have and then make a final push. But I just can't imagine that they're not going to end up running that country at some point. I mean, I said by the end of this year, maybe it will be a little longer than that. What will that mean? Well, I mean, I've thought this for a long time. Uh, I think that we should have, and this is where having someone like a Trump would be very useful instead of someone like a blathering buffoon Biden. I think that it needs to be very made very clear to whoever the Taliban's representatives are. Uh, we need to say to them in no uncertain terms, look, we don't want to come back. We're never going to build your country again. Just want to be very clear if Al-Qaeda or ISIS or any of these jihadist entities are able to freely operate on your soil, Taliban, and they plot anything against the U.S. or its allies, we are going to just annihilate this country. We're not, we're not going to sit around and worry about, you know, how, uh, how precise the bombs are, and we're just going to, it's going to be scorched earth. And we got to mean it. We got to mean it. They got to know that we mean it. Uh, otherwise, I think... Um, it's just a matter of time before it's deja vu. So I am very concerned about the situation. I have nothing good to say about it other than it's time to leave. 
It's time to leave. We can't change the reality on the ground by extending this out, but it is time to leave that country. Uh, there's there's no way in my mind that we can justify a forever presence there. Um, because eventually the Taliban was going to just rise to the point where they were going to take over the country anyway. Unless we were willing to do a almost full-scale invasion again. That's where we really were. And I just hope that, man, I hope that you know, my kids, you know, and God willing, one day I'll have some kids. I just never want to have to sit down and have the conversation with them. You know, son or, you know, daughter, I was in Afghanistan Let me tell you about it. And I don't want you going there or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, And I I do. I do have that concern now because it's crumbling. They're not going to last. I I read all the assessments. I I know how it was with the Afghan National Security Forces a decade ago. and It's not much better now. So big concerns there. I, I do want to try to end on a on a more upbeat note today. So why don't we why don't we just switch up for a second to hey producer Mark how are you you're back from vacation buddy tell us about it hey Buck I told you I'd come back I actually showed up appreciate that man how, how where were you I was in uh, Bethany Beach Delaware oh that's right beautiful yes. Delaware beaches how was it it was awesome the weather was beautiful most of the days we had one day of some rain but uh, you know I just let's just say I never want to look at a white claw again I'll put which it that way. do you have a favorite flavor I like the black cherry. Mm. My I wife loves the, the watermelon. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and the White Claw is good. The thing about a White Claw is you can drink six or seven of them, and you're like, eh, whatever. And you don't. Re- I feel like it's easy to realize, or easy not to realize, how inebriated you actually are. Yeah, I, I went with a group of friends, and let's just say I lost count how many cases I had to keep buying because every day I had to restock. How was the food down there? The food was really good. Uh, we cooked a lot on our own, but we went to a couple places on the boardwalk, and it was delicious. Uh, yeah. Great oh, very stuff. Very nice. Very nice, very nice indeed. Well, would you would you tell everybody uh, to pass the buck? Well, uh, producer Mark will do the call to action for the Buck Sexton Show. Tell them uh, to subscribe and all that good stuff. Yeah, you should pass the buck. Tell people that uh, the Buck Sexton Show is still alive. It's a podcast now, and the Clan Buck Podcast. Download them both. Subscribe Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. Spotify, whatever you like. We're everywhere. There you go. You guys don't want to. You guys don't want to disappoint producer Mark. So pass the buck. Back with you tomorrow. We'll do some roll call. Remember, Team Buck at iHeartMedia.com. Send us an email there or a Facebook or Instagram message. Shields high.